Hi, Mama. Welcome back to the Rooted Working Mom Show. Today, I have a super special guest for you. She is my friend, and she's also an author. Her name is Lisa Qualls. She's going to talk to us today about how to mother with connection in mind, and she's also giving us the key to connecting with your kids. She also gives us practical advice and powerful tools that you can use to build connection with your kids that can easily be implemented in your home. These loving strategies will help bring so much peace and joy to your family. But before we dive in, I want to extend two special invitations to you. First, I want to personally invite you, if you haven't already joined us, please join our Facebook community. I created it just for you. It's the Rooted Working Mom community. It's a safe space to collaborate, connect, be inspired, and grow alongside other working mamas just like you. We even have fun giveaways and pray for each other. Come join us at bit.ly forward slash rooted working mom community. That's bit.ly forward slash rooted working mom community. And second, with Christmas season right around the corner, I want to invite you to join us in our Christmas daily devotional. And we're going to go on the journey to discovering the peace of Jesus during the holidays together. We'll be starting December 1st through January 1. And we're going to be using the incredible Christmas devotional called A Way in a Major. And it's going to lead us gently to rediscover the Advent season. And it's going to encourage us to spend each day reflecting on the carefully chosen name of Jesus found in Isaiah 9-6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, Isaiah 9-6. Each day we're going to unwrap the name of Jesus and discover how we can enhance our Christmas and give even deeper, richer, meaning to our daily life. The Way in a Major Devotional, it's available at HoraceoPrinting.com. That's H-O-R-A-C-I-O-P-R-I-N-T-I-N-G.com. And there's actually only a very few limited quantity left. So if you want to join us, don't wait. Go snag yours now. I believe it's only like 20 bucks and you can use the code all caps Cynthia 10 so C-Y-N-T-H-I-A 1-0 and save an extra 10%. I pray that you'll join us this December. Hey, sweet mama, welcome to the Rooted Working Mom podcast. If you've been in a space of overwhelm, exhaustion, struggle, and feeling like you're just not enough, maybe you feel the tug to step into your authority as a present mom and wife while still pursuing your career, but you're just unsure how to integrate everything with more peace and intention while staying partnered with God, and you're truly ready to figure out who God is calling you to be in your life then this podcast is for you. Hi, I'm Cynthia, Executive Director, both at work and at home, (laughs) entrepreneur, busy mom of two, wife and daughter of the king. 
this podcast is going to help you find true freedom while resting in Jesus, rising into your authority, and raising kingdom builders. Amen. Here in this space, you'll be encouraged, empowered, and partnered with Jesus to get breakthrough in your faith, motherhood, wellness, and mindset so that you can have victory as a mama who is resting and living light with joy and fulfillment. You were born for such a time as this. Lisa, welcome to the Rooted Working Mom Show. I'm so excited that you are squeezing us into your full schedule. I know you have so much going on. I can't wait for my listeners to get to know you and for you to just share so much about what life has allowed you to just do and learn. Um, I'd like to just start off with just sharing a little bit about you and all the amazing things that that you have going on. You're an author together with Dr. Karen Purvis. You co-authored the book, The Connected Parent, Real Life Strategies for Building Trust and Attachment. Oh, I can't wait to hear more about that. Mm -hmm. Um, You and your husband, Russ, have 12 incredible kids by birth and adoption, and you've also fostered parents. Um, And your adoption journey has been marked by joy and as well as challenges and trauma and attachment. You are also the co-founder of the Adoption Connection. It's a resource site and podcast as well for adopted foster parents. And so again, welcome. We are so excited to have you here today. Thank you. That's a very, very nice introduction. Thank you. So wow, 12 kids. So just before we get started, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, Lisa, but so Lisa and I are, um, boys, one of your boys and one of my boys are mutual friends. And at a basketball game, we just kind of organically sat by each other one day and really just started getting to know a little bit more about each other and came to find that I've worked with your one of your daughters and I my actually, daughter-in-law. My yeah, daughter-in-law. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. I actually work with your daughter-in-law's sister, I think is what it is. So anyway, so there's oh, yeah. a lot of connection to your family that I didn't even know we had, obviously, mm-hmm. I, knew, I knew your son and, and my son were friends. And so just learning more about all you do, I just remember being in awe about your authorship, your adoption, all of the kids that, that you mother, just everything you do in your life and just thinking, wow, she's incredible. And then I'm just so thankful that you accepted my invitation to, to come on. So all that to say is that I'm just so grateful that you're um, spending time with us today. And so I'd love to hear more about your book. Maybe start it, start us off with like, why, what inspired you to write this book about parenting with connection? Well, we, let me go back just a little bit. So my husband and I got married young, 20, we were 20, we were undergraduates in college and we knew, I always knew I wanted to have a little bit of a bigger family. I had no idea how big our family was going to actually be, but um, we got married and we, when we'd been married three years, we had our first daughter and we just decided to kind of go for it. My husband was in grad school and it was a season when I thought, well, you know, I'm home, I can be home with babies. And so we actually had five children really quite close together. Okay. Wow. 
Yeah. And so the first five were born and then um, I had some health problems. And so we thought we wouldn't have any more, but we decided to have one more. She was born four years later. And then we moved to Idaho where you and I both live right now. And um, we had the best surprise of our lives when the Lord gave us one more little girl. So um, yeah, we had this great big family and I was homeschooling. I was home full time. And when she was about three, I had this feeling, and we knew we were absolutely done having babies. <laughs> I had this feeling that the Lord was going to do something new. And I didn't know what it was. I actually thought I was probably going to go to grad school or maybe, you know, just do something really, really different. And then we got a call. I got a call from a friend who called to tell me that they were adopting two little boys from Ethiopia. And that, I think the Holy Spirit just cracked something open in me, like my heart just opened. And I think I just caught this glimpse for what our future might be, you know? And um, so we started talking, we started doing research and we decided originally just to sponsor a little girl at an orphanage. And during that time, we, we had her little picture on our refrigerator, you know, we were praying and thinking, and we felt like the Lord was leading us also to adopt two little boys. Um, girls were more commonly requested. And since we already had girls and boys, we were perfectly happy to have boys. And so we started the process to adopt two little boys. And during that time, our friends went to Ethiopia to meet their children and bring them home. And they went to the orphanage where this little girl was. And the nurse there told my friend, we really hope your friends are going to adopt her. We had absolutely no idea, no idea at all. And we didn't even know it was possible because this was 2006 and it was an orphanage for children living with HIV. And we really knew very little about HIV at all. So we did a super crash course learning about HIV and just making sure that we understood what we were committing to. And um, we ended up deciding to adopt her as well. And so we went and met our children, all three of them on the same day in 2007. While we were there, we met another little girl and we returned for her a year later. And so that's how our family exploded. We added four kids to our family in a period of about, I don't know, 17 months or something like that. Oh my goodness, Lisa. I didn't mm -hmm. know all the like, yeah. what are you behind it? I, I thought maybe gradually, but. No, Gosh, nothing was very gradual. <laughs> <laughs> right. The, God's timing, his timing can be way quicker or slower than, yep. than, than maybe what we want or expect. So. Absolutely. So the book really came about because two of our children in particular had experienced a lot of trauma, like significant. I mean, honestly, any child who is adopted has experienced some trauma because they've lost their first parents in some way, you know? And so our kids had been in orphanages. And so some of them had experienced really horrible, horrible things. And so bringing them home, especially with our two who came home older, one of our daughters came home, she was 10 and the other was five and a half. They had experienced a lot of really difficult things in their lives. And as a result, they were, what I didn't know then that I know now is that 
when a child experiences really traumatic events, it, it actually changes the development of their brain. It changes their neurochemistry and it brings about kind of a defensive protective mechanism. And so children will often learn things to protect themselves that aren't really helpful in a family. They might be actually really functional in an orphanage, but not so functional in a family. And so both of our, two of our kids had these um, really challenging behaviors and it was very overwhelming and very, very difficult. And honestly, I knew, I knew enough about children, enough about parenting. I knew that our kids were gonna, it wasn't gonna be easy. I knew that, but, I don't think anything could have quite prepared us for the depth of the challenges we were facing and the length of time. Like I thought, oh, well, it'll be hard for a while. Well, it was hard for a very long while. And so in our desperation, we started searching for help. And I learned about Dr. Karen Purvis, who was based at TCU in Texas. And she had together with another psychologist developed a way of parenting and working with kids with lots of trauma called trust-based relational intervention. It's a long acronym. It's T well, the acronym short TBRI. And I read her first book, which was called the connected child. And I was pretty blown away by it because I felt like she gave me a lot of hope that there were things we could do ways that we could parent that would actually help our children heal. So that what the thing that had been happening also is that in 2006, I had started writing a blog. So when I learned about the work of Dr. Purvis, I started writing about it. And through that, I ended up making connections with her. I ended up speaking with her and sort of the end result many years down the road was this book, because what I found was that there were a lot of wonderful professionals writing books for parents like me, but they weren't living my life. And they, as gifted as they were, they were not in the trenches that parents are sometimes in when we're doing really hard parenting. And so I proposed that we write a book that would sort of be the meeting of theory and practice, the meeting of professional and mom, you know? And so that's what we did with a connected parent. We sort of brought it all together so that parents could get her good teaching mixed with my real life. How powerful is that? I love that you pointed out ways to parent that will help our children heal like the wounds that we all carry healing those wounds I truly believe that's our way to being able to receive love Mm -hmm. from either our parents from our friends from our family and I think most importantly from father God right and so uh gosh that is so important why would you say parenting with connection in mind is so important. Well, we are wired for connection. You know, we are, God made us to have connection with him, have connection with other people. And when we're talking about children, you know, children are wired to be dependent on safe adults. They are, you know, they express a need. They cry because they're hungry and someone feeds them. They cry because they're cold and someone wraps them up in a blanket. And so over and over in a, you know, healthy developmental uh, home, a child's needs are met again and again and again. And so this forms, these connections form the foundation for what we call secure attachment. And attachment is sort of at the, the deep level 
of every relationship that we have. And so, you know, when we're meeting a child's needs, we are actually helping them to become trustworthy people who feel safe, who expect that they're going to be loved and expect that they're going to be cared for. And the, the key to connection is something called felt safety. Deep within a child's core or any of us, we need to feel truly safe. And when children have experienced hard things, that ability to feel safe has been really altered. So we might know they're safe. Like my children came home to my home. I knew they were safe. No one was going to hurt them. They were never going to be hungry again. They were never going to be abandoned and alone. But deep within my daughter, it was like a river of fear was just coursing through her. And so when we take that knowledge about felt safety and we apply it to just kids that maybe were born into our families, we still want to establish felt safety. And I think, especially in American culture, we're, we value independence a lot. And so parents tend to be very proud of how independent their children are. But the truth is that young children need to be very dependent in order to grow up to be healthy, independent adults. So the meeting of needs, the, the helping them to feel deep within their core that they are safe, those things build connection. I just want to reiterate so that felt safety is such a core requirement, if you will, mm -hmm for our children or anybody for that matter mm -hmm. to build healthy life in terms of being independent as adults, but that mm -hmm. the success as an adult, that independence as an adult is almost contingent on being dependent as a child, but that those yes. needs, the most important pieces, those needs are met. Yes. When they're not met. That's when you have all the challenges and the traumas and, and the things right. that you're working through as a parent. So when it comes to that, like how do we create our homes and our environments that really foster that felt safety, that safe environment for our children? I think one thing that helps children feel deeply safe, have felt safety is when they know what to expect. And so we talk a lot about the balance of structure and nurture. So most of us are a little bit wired to be more structured or more nurtured. You know, we don't always come perfectly balanced. And so I might default a little bit more toward being high nurture, but not giving my kids quite enough structure. My husband would tend to maybe be a little more high structure and sometimes maybe be lacking a little nurture. But the truth is they're sort of like ditches on the side of the road. We want to stay in the middle of the road and give our kids equal as much as humanly possible. I mean, we're, we're totally, you know, we're human, <laughs> but as much as possible, we want to balance our nurture and our structure. So some ideas about structure, how do we give kids the amount of structure they need? I think one thing that has helped me a lot to give my kids structure is to have routines, really simple routines that they know what is coming. They know what I expect and they feel very safe in that. So for instance, in a family, you might want to develop what is our evening routine? Okay, well, maybe our evening routine is that we set the table before dinner, and then we sit as a family and we have dinner. And then we, in our family, we all clean up together rather than assigning different people. It's like um, nobody's done until everybody's done is sort of how we do dinner cleanup. So we just stick together and we do dinner cleanup. Well, then when our children were young, they knew that the next thing that was going to happen was going to be baths 
And then after their bath, they were going to put on pajamas, brush their teeth. Then they were going to snuggle up with daddy and read a story. And then he would always sing to them and pray for them and kiss them goodnight. So like every night was the same. And things like that, it doesn't matter how you do it, how a, a family does it. We all do it our own way. But those simple routines help kids feel very safe because they know. They know what's going to happen most nights. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be every night. Another kind of routine that might help children, especially children who tend to be a little bit anxious, leaving for school in the morning. One of my friends does something called love marks. And so she will take her child's hand and she'll write with a, like a marker, a little heart on their hand where they can see it. And then she puts the same mark on her own hand. And she says, this is how we're going to remember that we're going to be back together again after school. When you see that heart, you know that mommy's going to be here for you when school is over. And I'll be thinking about you while you're at school and I'm at work. So that's a really simple way to just build that connection, make that child feel safe. Like I can count on my mom that she's going to be home after school or that she's going to pick me up. Um, Other routines, let me think. For older kids, you know, if you have teens, some things that make teens feel safer is posting what we're going to have for dinner for the week. So that it's not like, okay, okay, what's it going to be tonight, you know, or whatever, just simple things. Or for my kids, they have a Saturday chore chart and every Saturday it's the same, you know? So I think those things, those structured things to help our kids know what to anticipate, help them feel safe. Frankly, they also make life so much easier for us because as parents, making decisions is so tiring, right? I mean, it's a bajillion decisions a day. And when we have established routines, that just eliminates a whole lot of decision-making because we're going to do it the same every day. And, you know, when I had a lot of kids at home, I did even my dinner menu, like every Monday we had pasta for dinner and might've been different kinds, of course, but every Tuesday was tacos. Every Wednesday was soup. You know, whatever it is that for me eliminates the decisions just makes me a whole lot happier. And when I'm happier, I'm calmer. And when I'm calmer, I'm more able to connect with my kids, right? Because if I go through the whole day thinking, oh, what am I going to make for dinner? It's like it's draining emotional and mental energy away. And if I haven't figured it out before the kids get home, that is that I'm not setting any of us up for success, you know? Yes. And I know we've all been there. Yes. You're right. Like that mental load that we carry as moms, that consistency, it's almost like this ease on you, but then also on your kids as well. I just yes. want to go back to the example that you gave us with your friends that connects with her child by uh, like a heart connection with that yeah. little like simple. Yeah, she calls it a love mark. I think. Love mark. Yeah. Yes, I love that. I was just thinking like, so for, for working moms, we leave every morning and we drop our kids off. And then there's this idea of quote unquote working mom guilt, right? And mm-hmm. so it's like, we're always trying to figure out how to let that go, how to ease that, how to still create connection with our kids, even though we're working eight, nine plus hours a day at work. And so I love that, especially with maybe the teenagers, we might have to <laughs> alter this a little bit. I'm not mm-hmm. sure Sonny would love a heart on his hand, but you know, <laughs> something, a text message, mm-hmm. something, but like, even with the little ones to say, like, this is mommy loves you for thinking about you when I'm at work. Mm-hmm. Like every time I look at it, I'm going to think about you. And I hope you think about me. And I can't wait to pick you up after work, you know, like that kind of thing. I can see that being 
right. that really helps build connection. Right. Cause you're, you're already telling them when I see this, I remember that I'm going to come pick you up and we're going to see each other, you know, different example, but one of my teenage boys, one of the things I found that has both broken trust, but built trust is I realized that he was always very worried that I was not going to be there to pick him up after sports practices. And you know how it is. Sometimes you get there and the kids are chatting and it's, it's fine. You're a little bit late, but um, what I found is I have to be there in the parking lot when practice ends because something deep within him still can't believe that anybody's going to be there for him. And that has built a lot of trust in our relationship. So those consistent things are important. You know, they really, really are. And I want to mention quickly too, you know, I'm talking about high structure, but high nurture is also so important. And we're going to stop it. We're going to pause right here. I want to encourage you mama to implement at least just one of the high structure strategies that Lisa gave us today in your home and maybe try it out for a week or so, and then come over to our Rooted Working Mom Facebook community and just let us know how it's going for you. I hope that you'll join us next week because we are going to continue this very critical aspect of parenting. And Lisa is going to teach us how to be connected parents with high nurture guidance and tools. You won't want to miss this, I promise. If you would like to connect with Lisa, you can visit her blog at onethankfulmom.com. And if you'd like to get a copy of her book, The Connected Parent, it's available on Amazon. And then she also has a podcast called The Adoption Connection. So I'll be sure to add the links in the show notes for you. Until next time, please know that I'm praying for you. Please pray for me. As always, blessings. Love, before you go, if you enjoyed today's episode and made you laugh or inspired you in some way, I'd be so thankful if you took a quick minute to share it with another working mom and leave me a written review for the show over on Apple Podcasts. It's the number one way you can thank me and hearing from you fills my heart with so much joy. I'd also love to connect with you over on my Facebook community, The Rooted Working Mom. Come join us praying for miracles and victories for you. See you next time. 